Who wants to tell you who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Java Chat. It's Coffee with Mike, and I'm sitting here with Douglas Smythe. And I, I got I to gotta tell you, this one's interesting, and here's why. This is not the typical entrepreneur interview. We are going to be talking about something that has always been a, a subject of interest of mine, <laughs> except for as of late. <laughs> Same here. Same yeah, here. <laughs> and as you can see for him, too, he's actually a specialist. Well, I don't want to say that. Especially, <clears throat> I mean... This man lives it. The art of shaving is his specialty. This and male what, grooming. And male grooming. <laughs> oh, he, under, yeah. he understands this male grooming inside and out. And I wanted, to, I wanted to bring him on to kind of talk about that because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that really don't know what that is and don't have a, a, a proper concept of what it means to groom properly. I, I have other friends that like celebrity groomers and stuff like that. And when I saw... Douglas's name pop up on the list of here's a potential podcast guest. I was like, yeah, we're having him. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us, Douglas. I really well, appreciate you coming and hanging out. I'm flattered to be here. I mean, it really, it's COVID's funny because I am, I'm getting a lot of calls from people that I've been on this list for years and like never before I've, I've appealed to so many folks until they <laughs> had to start growing out their hair and their beard. I couldn't see the barber anymore. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it's it, to be here. And even my, and even my barber, you know, great clips doesn't exactly do a really good job at trimming. Right. Beard, so I just, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of do it at home, but I, 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 I don't even have the tools. I mean, I'm hoping we can get into some of that as we go. Sure. You've been, you've been doing this. Well, we all were introduced as kids into shaving. I mean, I learned it when I was, what, 15? Did you learn it? I found a lot of the times dads don't even teach it anymore. It's just something you had to pick up and kind of learn on your own. I was, I was actually in a boarding school, and the counselors were the teachers. They actually took us into, you know, the, the men's restroom. I was in a yeah. dorm, the locker room. Yeah. <clears throat> Pulled out the razor, talked to us about the premise of why it's good, why you should do it, what is needful. And then they looked at the younger ones, us 15, 16 year olds and said, except you guys keep the peach fuzz until you hit 18. You don't want to start now. And I'm thinking, Oh, how bad can it be? <clears throat> yeah. Right. Yeah. At 23. So, you know, it, just, <laughs> it really depends on, on, you know, your own, your own facial hair growth, body hair growth, genetics, gen genetics. Yeah. Thank you. Everybody's a little different. I've had friends who have been peach fuzzed forever. They can't grow a beard, no matter what they do. Right. And then there's gentlemen like us where we just look at the mirror and we can go, Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't remember exactly. what commercial or joke that was. I do remember that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was a commercial. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was hilarious. So yeah. you got into this watching your dad on the weekends. Yes. And then what happened? I mean, what was the, was it just something you happened to walk in on and go, wow, that's interesting. Or what What's the story there? Uh, no, nah, I was a little kid. My dad would double, well, he inherited two razors from my granddad. Oh, wow. Both double-edged safety razors, something wow. like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I got. You know? So he would, you know, he's working most of the week and he worked nine to five, like most right. gents did back in the day. Mm -hmm. And he would, on the weekends, he would, you know, it was his time off. He would ha take a yeah. lather me up and we would both 
go at it. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So he was teaching me like the muscle memory aspects of it and the technique, you know, I didn't realize at the time. And I, you know, oh, I would yeah. do that for, you know, a couple of years while I was like, you know, five to maybe eight years old. I don't even know, but I was very young and it, it, it was something we did. And then I stopped, obviously, as I got older, it, was, it wasn't as cool to hang out with your dad in fake shape with him. And then I, you know, when I was of age around 18, I did get a cartridge razor in the mail, as I think most guys did. Yeah. Uh, some, somehow the civil service has our how information and how shares they, it with Gillette. How, yeah, how exactly. Know? That's just they like, know. creepy. Super creepy. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I got it just like everyone else did. I probably had my own before then. But so I was using a cartridge razor for years too, just like everyone else, only because at that time, this is pre-internet. Yeah. So you couldn't find double-edged blades anymore. You couldn't find the single blades. They were gone. Uh, yeah. They were, were gone. gone. And this is partly by design. I call it the cartridge razor conspiracy. And we can get into that in a, in a little bit. But so eventually when it, I started, you know, online looking at different forums and whatnot, and I'm a huge collector of antiques. I'm a collector. Uh, I'm a love hobbyist. It. You know? Love it. Love so, it. Love it. So this was like, it, it immediately appealed to me, appealed to me when I saw these vintage razors. Actually, I think I picked them up in the store first, the antique shop. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and the thing about them is that not only are they beautiful and elegant, and look as good as they did the day they came off the assembly line, they're also still usable. Usable, and yeah. Not many antiques are. So, I mean, these are heirloom pieces. You can pass this down to your kids' kids, and it's, they're going to last forever. So that immediately attracted me to the hobby. And I, it is a hobby, actually. There's yeah. forums and groups yeah. out there, so there sure. isn't anything else. Sure. And uh, so I stumbled back into that around 2001, maybe, 2002, so early 2000s. And right. that's when it really started to pick up in the niche. Uh -huh. And uh, I, But I didn't join any groups or anything like that at the time, and I was still doing my own thing. And it wasn't until about 2008 that I left the country. I, I left for Central America, and I lived in Central America for about four nice. years. Where were you? Yeah, uh, Costa Rica. Of course. Yeah, and I was beautiful, living there actually in the rainforest. It is oh, even better. That is absolutely yeah, I was awesome. in the rainforest living in a hammock. That was my bed. Um, everyone thought I was having a breakdown when I moved out there and told them what I was doing. They're like, you're doing what? I was like, no, trust me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they and, don't uh, get it. They don't get it. I, uh, I know where you're at uh, with that, brother. Yeah, and so I was there for a hot minute. And one thing I noticed, well, you know, four years, is at night in the evening, bugs would come out, sand fleas would come out and bite the hell out of me. And, and I was oh. looking for something always to treat that, those bites with, like an afterbite type sure, of sure, uh, products. Sure. Didn't have anything. So I ended up collecting all the, the, the right chemicals that I could at the local pharmacy or pharmacia and uh, creating my own like after bite type solution. I, right. I was calling itch no mas and it, it worked. No it was so, nice. Yeah. It was so successful that I had people, you know, locals and like uh, fellow tourists, like knocking on sure. my tent flaps, bought, wanting to borrow this. And I thought to myself, if I ever make it back to the United States, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to ship it back down here and, you know, make it up there and ship it back down here. And I did that. Eventually I made it back to the States. I'm still yeah, trying to figure out how you knock on a tent flap. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, not don't sure how that works. But I was back, when I came back to the United States, is what it all came down to, it was, I came back to a different world. It was yeah. now an Etsy world. Where oh, people were yeah. Creating their own little shops and whatnot. Yep. So finally, it was like, it, wasn't, it was more than a pipe dream. I was like, I could actually do this and see how it goes. And I did. And it took off. I also created another product called Stink No Moss, and it was an emergency insect repellent slash deodorant that was in like a chapstick, chapstick cool. type container. Yeah. So as you sweat, it it released the, uh, yeah, yeah. the aromas, aroma chemicals that would repel the bugs naturally, and that actually did better than Stink uh, Itch No Moss. Oh, but uh, I was I was getting killed by the shipping, so I was like, you know, I need to turn mm. this around and, and think about something to sell up here. Yeah. And. Uh, that's when I stumbled into like mustaches, facial hair, which I've always been into, but I noticed that the blog or the name, the domain rather, howtogrowamustache.com, no one owned it. So I was like, I need to do this. I need to really? start a blog. 
Yeah. I and, thought um, they would have been the ones that got parked. You'd think so. And so yeah. I bought that and I immediately began writing articles and growing up my mustache and uh, trying to sell ads. And I was realizing early on that I, you know, I really can't find, it's such a niche thing at it the is. time it was anyways. Yeah. It was tough to find anyone to advertise me. I was like, I need to create my own products. And uh, my girlfriend was already doing artisan soaps, body soaps. And I was like, you know, mustache wax. I need to do that. And I did from there. And that was like our bread and butter. It took sure. off. It was so huge. It was before everyone and their mother offered one. Yep. And one thing led to another and I stumbled into making our own, my own shaving soap. Actually, I really only did that as for myself. There was a, I'm a huge Bay rum fan. Nice. And uh, yeah, exactly. I couldn't find a shaving soap to match my splash, my right. shave. Right. So I decided to create my own and it, it came out so well. I sent it to some friends and so other bloggers that I used to work for writing and they were like, well, when's this, when are you going to sell it? And I was like, yeah. sell it? It hadn't even occurred to me. So yeah, I made that happen, put it together and it took off. It blew up because I did things a little bit differently. I put the soap in like a CD tin. Yeah. So large format, like soap puck. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. no one's ever seen anything like that before. And it just, it took off, which was a blessing and a curse. Sure. Um, but that's pretty much where we started in a is nutshell. It, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it interesting? And for those of you that are listening, did you not just hear the same kind of entrepreneurial story? I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, literally, it's always, same, right? it's always the same. They, they fall into, into something that they don't realize a market wants. They might have been a little early. They might have been right on time. They might have even been a little right late and it still picked up. So it's, yeah, in your case, it was, it was right on time. No doubt. I mean, it people really are just was. like, when are you going to sell it? That's kind of like the, the big waving flag of hello, take my money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And it just, it really resonated with people. They hadn't seen anything like that before, like a right. large format. And I was coming out of the, I was coming from a different place. So I didn't know there were rules that I couldn't break. And uh, <laughs> the right there, you know what I mean? It really set us apart. In fact, our, one of our taglines is try something different because we are very different to everything else out there right now. Now there's, you know, at that time, there's probably about five artisan shave soap makers. And now there's over 300. I'm so, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even my buddy gave me two different kits for shaving yeah. and the shave soap and the first one is, is gone. Obviously I haven't been shaving, so I haven't used this, <laughs> haven't used the second one yet, but I have found the experience of sitting there and creating the foam is actually like mind soothing. Oh, it's like the green tea ceremony. It's very, yeah, yeah it's very ritualistic. So yeah. run, run me through that because I mean, obviously there's some sort of, there's something going on there. Yeah, there is. Um, what, what is that? I mean, how do you explain that? I think in this, you know, this world of, you know, this technical world we live in, it's mm. more of a tactile experience that's missing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so I can see that. It's your chance where you can get away for that half an hour or however long it takes to shave, set up, you create a hot lather. It's not goo in a can. You know, it's nothing like sterile like that. It's not a plastic toy Fisher but, Price, my first but, razor type but, thing. But it's foamy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, but, but it's psychology. Yeah, and, um, total yeah, psychology. So there's, there's something to be said about creating your own lather, hot lather, and have it be hot the entire shave. It is more closer to the barbershop <clears throat> experience. Oh, yeah. You know, that the was always of, fun. It is. And it's nothing, I miss that because – Nothing gets you closer. Yeah, well, and if you, it, it was always cool – you knew when you heard that little machine because they'd go over there and push the button. Oh, the, and you knew what was coming. It was like, oh, it's yeah. time to start falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those are the hot towel too. And all these things like cross over to home use. So that's pretty much what traditional wet shaving, what we're talking about is about. And then of course there's the brush. You know, it's exfoliating as well as stimulating the skin. I mean, it really, it's like petting yourself. Even different grade, grades of brushes. 
Oh yeah. Knots, brush knots and blades. Like that's the thing, you know, in a nutshell, cartridge razors, you can get four for the, what, $25. Yeah. Something like that. Some type of club. But even if you're in a club, it's still, you know, it's a, it's not the right tool for the job. So you're saving money, but you're using the the wrong product for the job. Uh, Whereas with double edged blades, you can get a hundred for nine to $15. Yeah. And not only that, there's, hundreds of brands to choose from. So you can really dial it in and find what works for your unique face by all these different brand of blades and razors and brushes. And, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. And that's the thing that people need to realize and why a lot of us have hate shaving is because we've been using these, you know, the wrong tool for the job such a long time. It's not a one size fits all thing that we've you, been convinced that's, of. That's funny to me because I always like, you know, as soon as they came out with the triple blade, I was like, ooh, oh, that's going to be better. And then the quadruple yeah. blade and then the quintuple blade. And I'm looking, <laughs> yeah. I'm going, five blades? Does it really yeah. take that much to get it? Mm. So, yeah. and then I went back and tried the single and shit, I get a better shave on the single than yeah. I do with the, yeah. with the, any of the multi-blades. And I, I don't, so we're going to talk about that, but I, I want to keep going with this because you've, you've now moved into the Etsy era, if you will. Yes. And started, so you started selling that, that tin. What else came out of that? I mean, what other, I mean, what other products did you end up creating? Yeah. Well, I mean, at the time I had, so I had the blog first and from the blog sprouted a podcast called Mustache and Blade. And I hosted that with a a documentary filmmaker. He was my co-host, Ryan Stephen Green. Um, Is that still going? No, no. That had about probably about a year, two year run maybe. Okay. Uh, we had a, yeah, we, we did it for a long while and I would, I really like, I studied podcasting for like a year before I started doing it. Right. It had to be perfect. It would take right. me eight to 12 hours to edit every episode. I feel there, you. There'd be no breathing. There'd I be no feel laughing. You. I feel yeah. You. So, I mean, I really <laughs> was, was hell bent on getting it right the first time and that did really well. And so from there, that's around the same time I started creating these products. Okay. So it was, it, you know, it was really, it was a good marriage because it really got our name out there. At a time when there were very few names out there too, so we really were everywhere. We were how did how did it how did it come down to like for funding? Because you had to come up with stock, didn't you? Yes. Well, I mean, I had my other job. I had my 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 real job at the you time. Were I was, I was, you were working. I was gotcha. doing marketing. Yes, and and graphic design. So I would pour that in, but everything we made off the pro- the products, we pour back into the business. Sure, sure. Still to this day, we do that. You know, we own our own facility and lab now, and we have employees. Even and better. Else. So, Even but I mean, we've always been pouring it back into the business and we've been around for eight years now, but, uh, so that's what we did. We just kept, it just was such a huge success. Sure. You know, it really was like, and, and that's a good thing. And it's a bad thing because like a, the majority of people are going to love it. You know, they're seeing something different than, mm-hmm. but there are going to be the suspicious trolley type people too. Like, who's this guy, you know, this outlier that just showed up. And so we got that too. And actually that actually proved to be really good. Like the trolls and the haters really oh, yeah. spread our name oh, yeah. further. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and made you, us gave us kind of an edge. And I'm not really an edgy type of guy, so it was like you don't need to. The trolls will make that edge for you. That, that, exactly. And that's one of the best parts about having haters is you know they always say once you got a hater you've arrived. Yes. For a while I didn't get that. Yeah, but as tough. I was as I was working with the angel investment group that I used to be with and a few other things that were going on, I ended up finding that the the haters were the ones that really pushed you. Yeah, as oh, far yeah, as your brand yeah. out there, so it's it's really, yeah. it's really a, it's a blessing in disguise. You mentioned the word outliers. Have you read that book? I think I might have. Yeah, it's yeah. Is it's it by it's it, Purple it, Cow guy? What's uh, I can't remember. Oh yeah, no, I have outliers. Yeah, it's it's 
yay big. It's about yeah. outliers in industry. Yes, I, I do have that. It's yellow, I think. Or yep, you you yeah. fit that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, that's probably why I, I bought the book and never read it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I do. I have read it. I can't just get my word is right now. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's like rereading things and reading three books at the same time. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, but that. So, that's so fast forward example. to fast forward to today. What what's out there now? As far uh, as what you, in regards to the store, the blog, what do you, what, what's in place now? It's eight years later. You've done okay. all of this. Well, yeah, we've done a lot since then. I mean, we had a few podcasts since then. Our current, we have currently a show, a morning shave show, okay. uh, which is more, it's, don't imagine two guys shaving in the morning. It's not that. It's more <laughs> like a coffee talk show like this. Uh, Wayne's World meets Antique Road Show. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm sorry, but like, I'm, I'm getting a mental picture of two guys in front of a mirror. And, you know, the subject yeah. of the day. <laughs> well, you laugh, but they, those videos exist too. It's just oh, not us. Uh, ours is far more interesting because we, you don't have to watch a shave. But we do. We talk about the history of, of shaving, of different vintage razors. We look at different vintage aftershaves. Uh, it's also some wackiness. Sometimes we compete in different things. Nice. But it's, it's highly entertaining. It, we, we kind of are going for what car talk is, where whether you're gotcha. into cars or not, yeah. you're still going to enjoy listening to the show. Yeah. And so – that's I'd rather be shaving.com. I'd rather be shaving. Learning more. Yeah. That'll, yeah. that'll be done in the comments, you guys, of course, as usual. We're going to take a short pause, as usual, for our sponsors. We give them a little love, about 30 seconds worth. And then we will be, yeah, right. And then we will be right back. Thank you for hanging in. Java Chat. Be right and back. we're back. Java Chat here with Douglas Smythe talking about shaving, beard care, male grooming mustache grooming, all of the things that you never knew you should know. But let's be clear, you should. Even if you can't grow a, a full-out beard, it's okay. You are, you're, you're, not, you're not in a bad place. You're, you're in a good place. You're safe here. We, yeah, we love you. It's okay. So sex, second section of our, our um, podcast, we always talk about what motivates, what inspires, what gets you moving. What are some of the things that inspired you when you started figuring out something was going, we'll start with that one. And then what kept you going? Okay. Well, the, the, you know, the, the, anyone who knows me or has listened to any interviews in the past knows that I've taken pretty much all of my passions. I have a background, you know, in theater, in design, in marketing. I've taken musician. everything I'm into. The, and musician. Yeah, I was a professional <laughs> musician actually for years. Uh, Same. But just incorporate all my passions into this business and when you do that you know i mean it may sound trite but it doesn't feel it's not work you know right. you're just, you're, no that's yeah you're, you're, and you're your own boss so you're yep. not going to fire yourself so i mean like if it just turns out that other people got it also yeah. so yeah. that that's really what happened i never really compromised i've always just incorporated everything i'm into into what we do you know and if you look at our products they're very sci-fi and alien and I didn't mention this yet, but our, our products now, we have you know, hundreds at this point, but there's an cool. ongoing saga. We created a story with different characters. They uh -huh. show up on different labels, sure. sales pages or short stories, not necessarily short stories. Some of them are actually extremely long novellas, sci-fi nice. that, that, that are connected uh, throughout all of our products. So okay. There's an ongoing thing. So we have a cult following there too. So I've made it really fun for myself and an outlet for a lot of my artistic interests or Absolutely. just interests in general. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I run with the ancient alien crowd guys too, a few of that. So, I mean, it's like I've managed to meet all the people from all these different places and just make it work for what we do. <laughs> isn't, isn't it wonderful that it's no longer a secret? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They finally admitted it like we didn't know. Yeah, well, they keep admitting it. They admitted it originally two and a half years ago, and now they brought it up again. Everyone's like hearing it for the first time. It's like, God, it's old news. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, very old news. When you when you yeah. Well, back even back in the '90s, there were the uh, oh yeah the the on uh, what was it the the old films that they had over at Fifty One doing the autopsies and stuff like that. And they oh, were trying yeah, to figure autopsy. out whether whether they were trying to figure out whether it was right or not. Boy, what a tangent! Yeah. But yeah. yeah, cool alien um alien themed shaving cream. Oh yeah, we got a, yeah exactly. Well, you, you never really? see an alien with a beard, right? <laughs> This is You're true. Welcome. You see, yeah. yeah, you usually see them quite smooth. That's uh, yeah. so, so. You so you're saying that this is their secret? Then I see what this you're doing. Possibly here. be their secret. Yeah, this, this is, is all this... about disclosure. Is what we're looking at now, folks. L ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have an alien sympathizer here in the yeah. name of Smythe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's true. We have a very we're on a very sci-fi bend. I mean, like some of our product boxes, if you can see. Oh, that's cool. This razor cool. glows in the dark. Actually. That razor glows in the dark. Huh? Okay. Yeah, we actually. I know what I'm ordering first. Yeah, exactly. Holy cow. Yeah. Actually, so I got to be careful with that because my dumb ass will actually try to shave in the dark without thinking. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a warning for people like <laughs> you on, on, on the box. <laughs> oh my gosh. Please tell me that wasn't because of a reality. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just because I live in the United States and I know what people are capable of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, shit, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I I I can see people doing TikTok memes around that one. Oh, oh, I'm just going to try and like like ah! Well, anyway. actually, I bought some fake blood to do my own TikTok and I was going to I was going to do one where I drop the razor and then next frame I'm catching it and then lift my hand back up and there's just blood all over. <laughs> it had occurred to me that this would be good for TikTok. <laughs> well, at and at and at this point it is October, so it might be appropriate at this time. I'm just saying. Just, uh, just if TikTok's still around at this it, point, it is, I mean, I don't. I, it is. I, okay, it is. It's not okay, going. It's not going anywhere. Okay. There's, there's a, there's plenty enough of the insiders that said it's not going anywhere. They just got to figure out the rest of it. We'll, we'll okay, see how good. that plays out. So, in the midst of that time, there's always <laughs> the leaders or readers a thing. What, what kind of, what kind of books have you read, or who, who have been some of your inspirations that you've, you know, kind of looked up to? Yeah, jeez, oh, you know, I you caught me off guard with this. I would have pulled some books off my shelf. It's funny because I another podcast I have is actually it's a book one. It's called What's Doug Reading. Nice. And yeah, but the thing is, it's not a long. It's I mean, what I was doing yesterday on our show was humans are not from Earth. You know, I mean, stuff like really obscure, or you know, Fortean times. You know, just a lot of. Again, when you do what I do, which is incorporate all your interests into what you do <clears throat> right this stuff does make sense a lot of our you know I, I do a lot of research before i i produce a soap we've done soap trilogies based on different concepts and ideas sweet storylines <clears throat> so for me i read i read far and i read wide when it comes to marketing stuff i read i did a lot of marketing you know reading a lot of marketing books over the last eight years <clears throat> i mean the stuff that sticks out is like you know purple cow or uh, hug, hug your haters yeah you know, I, again, I'd have to look next to my that bed to, to see what's there. That had to have been a perspective shifter for you. Love your what's haters. That? Hug your haters. Yeah. Hug your was, haters. Uh, well, you know, it's the thing is a lot of great, you know, a lot of times you read these books and it's, mo it's stuff you already know. It just reaffirms that for yourself and, you know, and, and it will resonate with you. And hug your haters was, it didn't tell me anything I didn't know. I wasn't doing rather. <clears> it just told me it, you know, that you're I was doing, doing it right. the right way. You're yeah, doing it right. Exactly. Uh, so validation's always good. But hug your haters. Like, yeah, there's a lot to learn from someone bitching and moaning about your products. Oh, yeah. You can take that and you can get mad at it, or you can take it and go, oh, you're right. I should tweak out that box. I should do, you know, so it's about, yeah, it's, it is a perspective shift uh, once someone validates that common sense thing, you know. 
but then there's a lot of marketing books out there now that I think are complete garbage. Everyone seems to want to write a book thanks to self-publishing. It's made it easy for everybody. And these people are very good with advertisements or with advertising, Google AdWords especially. So they'll suck you right in. It's like, it's just usually recycled stuff from the last 10 years. <clears throat> What's interesting to me on most of that is that, and I've said this for years, the principles of marketing have not changed. Only no. the media by which it's delivered. Exactly. And really, exactly. even the rules within that have not yeah. changed. Only by which tactics and strategies you employ to engage. Okay. It's like blogging. I mean, th th there's nothing new about blogging. Nope. Uh, tantalizing headlines like that. That's yellow journalism from 100 years ago. I mean, like, it's, it's the same thing. Do you remember ever seeing that? And, and I know that Agora writes about this, and it's, it's also in some of the older copywriting is the one about the guy that, that plays the piano at the party. It's, it's a sales letter. And it yeah. literally talks about a guy who goes, ah, we can get to a party and everybody's, you know, trying to kind of laugh at about me talking about I can play the piano until I sat down and played the piano. And I learned it from this course. It a, <laughs> and it was a printed sales letter. Yeah. And everybody's like, wow, that's amazing. No, it's not. You see it all over the internet now. Yeah. The difference is the media by which it's delivered. It has not oh, changed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, creatives. Like the, Go yeah, ahead. the fonts they're using, you see those sales pages. <clears throat> yeah. It's the same fonts same that you used to get in the mail with the highlighted. Like, I mean, I remember, yep. they're only simulating yep. uh, the diff it's different substrates. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I get um, such a kick out of that, too, because the old sales letters were newsletters. They were almost eight or nine pages long, and they were usually meant for investing in the stock market, the, the, the yeah. bigger ones. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the smaller ones were for the little things. And then, of course, out came the comic books and those ads, and then, then they started condensing everything into the little quarter yeah. page, blah, blah, blah. And now we have what? Right sidebar, top bar, mm -hmm. search results. Yeah. Or banner ads, whatever. Yeah. Guys, no, it hasn't changed. No, it's the same. I mean, and, and the psychology behind it will never change because we're still human. So, I mean, it's... You're pushing the same We're not buttons. from here, so are you sure we're human? Well, we're, we're not. We're <laughs> still out on that. You know? <laughs> You'll have to watch my other show to really. <clears throat> what's going that, on. that link will also be in the comments, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. so just so you guys no, know. You don't. Yeah, I don't know if they want that one. It, it, we, go, we go to weird places, but uh, it's like a paranormal. It's kind of like a paranormal reading rainbow. It's, it's not a bad thing. You know, it's, it, to me, it's cool to be able to see different perspectives. I don't care whether they're, they, they're believable or, or out. Because it's just interesting to see, to me. And, and there's a lot of stuff out there that, that you really have to stop for a second and go, you know, that's actually kind of possible considering what we are and how we are yeah. and how intentional and powerful we can be just from the stories that we hear of the going-ons in this world. Yeah. And well, I think I, to, I mean, to piggyback on that, when you ask me what's a good book or what I recommend, I recommend doing exactly what you just said is reading far and wide and, and – on all these different subjects, things that you're not necessarily comfortable with, just to shake things up in your head. I mean, I take high doses of vitamin C before I go to bed at night for lucid dreaming. And I'll read like books like Einstein's hmm. Dreams is a great book. It's about the, the dreams, the fictional dreams of Einstein, but it just gets you thinking differently. And that's what you want to do is you want to think differently as an entrepreneur, or as a business person. And so exposing yourself to these things really will have you thinking differently and it will yeah. shift your perspective. Uh, that, you know, and travel. I mean, you really <clears> got to <throat> shake things up. You got to feel uncomfortable. To get comfortable. One of the things that I always enjoyed doing with before sleep <clears throat> are using binaural beats. Me too. Yep. And making sure that obviously I have <clears throat> clear breathing. Boy, some of, the, some of the dreams I have. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Binaural beats. I'll, I'll listen to. Uh... 
goodness. <clears throat> yeah, binaural beats. I'll use them when I'm studying too during the course of the day for sleep, for meditation. I, I do yoga every day and pranayama breathing. So yeah, binaural beats are, are an excellent tool there, especially when you're studying. Like I study other languages too. So just having them on in the background uh, really get me focused. You know? You've heard of the Wim Hof method, right? Breathing? I don't know. Which one's that? Oh, go look up Wim Hof breathing. <clears throat> that's the guy that, that spent, uh, I think he spent like a week out on an iceberg oh, on his people. own. Yeah. And, and dude's got this breathing exercise and it's, awesome. it's kind of nuts, dude. I mean, you sit there and you, you either sit up or lay down, you breathe deep 20 times mm -hmm. and then you let all the air out, <clears throat> forced out even the residual and you hold it until you, you feel like you're about to get that, that fight or flight response. Yeah. And then right when you breathe in, you, you get a reset in your head. Things, oh, that's interesting. Sh it's a real weird feeling. Yeah. But it's like, if something was bugging you, it doesn't erased. bug anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. it's not erased. It's still there. But the, the, the anxiety that may be attached to it isn't half as bad right. as it was previously. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, well, pranayama breathing in itself is, a, is different exercises, <clears throat> different breathing exercises, a lot like that, where you're holding your breath at different points and breathing in for different points. And yep. there's, there's, so it's similar to that. In fact, that sounds like a pranayama, whether he knew it or not. It sounds like he's borrowing from. Check it out. Or, he, at least he goes through the, the whole, same well. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah I, I, probably. I mean, humans, humans have to breathe, period, no matter what. And I think a lot of <laughs> Yeah, people, they're going to figure out the same stuff. It's like spirals, like in cave art. People are like, clearly they were talking to this other culture. It's like, yeah. what's the easiest thing to do? You stick your finger in the sand as a kid and you start doing spirals. Look, Daddy, look what I made. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then all of a sudden, big shapes in cornfields in the UK. Anyway, yeah. we had... <laughs> there uh yeah they're listening they're listening, Mike, they're, they're listening. They're, <laughs> if, if that's what they're doing they must be smacking their foreheads right now going good yeah, lord exactly. what did we come across right uh, what other things have you been doing i mean obviously you've got this pursuit going on but what other things have you been doing that you know you, you put your passion in this what other what other things have been created be, by putting those passions together is it just the shaving stuff or are there other things that oh you're yeah doing? For the last eight years, I haven't taken a vacation. I haven't, I've done nothing but work. And again, it's doing stuff. I, it's making it interesting for myself. You're, you're for kind of partner. already in vacation if you're doing that, brother. So I, I, I kind get of, yeah. I do, you know, actually, I was just going, I was about to leave in April. I had, I was going to do a Camino de Santiago. Okay. Uh, in, yeah, hiking down from France into Spain. It's a 500 mile hike. Wow. Visiting cathedral to cathedral, it's ancient. It's an ancient pilgrimage, and so I was about to do that after wanting to do it for twenty years. Sure. And then COVID hits. Um, <laughs> it also kills my conference. My conference was supposed to happen uh, right before <clears throat> a week before that, before I left, and that also we had to cancel that after you know getting all these people on board, all these speakers, and so on and so forth. And it was our sixth year. You know, it's a big thing. But COVID kind of killed everything. But it was going to be our first time to really like we can get away and do stuff. But we've really just been, we don't have kids. We've been working our tails off for eight years, just doing things that other people really just can't. And right, right. We also live in the middle of nowhere, and so it's easy to just work all the time. because you, you live in the middle really, of nowhere. That You must be yeah. in Arizona. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we moved here eight years ago. So, or I'm gotcha. sorry, five years ago. So we <laughs> don't know anybody. You know, typically when you move somewhere, you're working somewhere new. You're meeting yep. people that way. Yep. We're the business owners. So we're not meeting anyone new. And, and it's, you know, it can be a little lonely in that way. But yeah. to have this much focus and zero distraction is only a boon to your business. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be that way forever. You know, it's, it's a small sacrifice considering the payback. And, you, still, uh, you still take personal time. Though. I mean, you still have you time. I hike in the desert. Yeah, yeah, that's you time. So, I mean, you, yeah, you still honor you yourself. And that's, again, it goes back to you're living a passion, you're enjoying that passion, you're building a business, but you still have you and you're honoring you. And I think yeah. a lot of, I, I still think a lot of entrepreneurs forget that part. You know, they think yeah. that honoring them is walking outside for a second and then coming back in. That's a break. That's not me time. Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's <clears> tough <throat> to have me time because the business becomes so much a part of you that that is you know the me yes, time it, that you're getting yep, it can and be. a lot of people forget that you know i mean people give business owners a hard time like especially you know and you'll hear you know they treat their employees bad and yada 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 employees a lot of time, they get to punch out on friday and forget all about everything mm -hmm. we don't ever punch out we're mm -hmm. always punched in i'm answering customer emails from my bathroom at three in the morning sometimes you know what i mean like it always on yep um yep and you the have to be, there. And the thing is you have to embrace right sorry about that you have to embrace the like that <laughs> You know, blogging, podcasting, it all seems like a pain in the butt in the beginning and it's not going to do anything for you, but it will if you stay at it and it'll become second nature. You have to fall in love with the process. Yeah. And if you don't fall in love with the process you need, and you want to remain in business, you need to find someone else to, 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 to work yeah. for you yeah. to handle that part. But, <clears throat> but I managed to wear all the hats and fall in love with the process. And I do a lot of tedious stuff. There's nothing glamorous about what we do. No. I think people realize, realize that after the fact, yeah. they hear yeah. like our podcast, they think it sounds sexy. And once they take a stab at it, they're like, oh, this is a lot more work than what I thought I was getting into. Yeah, right. But, but you got to love it. And that's this started that's in 2017 with me putzing around on my phone on Anchor. I mean, literally, it was just me talking <laughs> nice. to my phone for a couple of minutes going, here's what I think. Not that yeah, anybody yeah, gives yeah. a shit. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually somebody said, hey, you got you to gotta find some people to talk to. Like, start interviewing some people. Start getting yeah. this thing moving. And I was like, all right, all right. And I, had a, I have friends, you know, that are marketers yeah. and people that are entrepreneurs and investors. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I actually... I actually made some time to make friends. I don't have many, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and over time, it's gotten to a point where I have better and better guests. Not that the first ones were not good. It's just the quality of the guests have yeah. been getting better and better. Look at this. I got you here. And 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 it's and it's there's others that are still yet to come. And I'm after a few more that I I, I can't say their names, but if I get them, not only is it an honor, but it's a proof of the pudding that yeah, people are listening. Um, yeah. You know, people are digging what we do, what you do, yeah. what I do. Podcasting is a freaking commitment. I mean, I, there's, there's four people that work on this podcast besides me. Yeah. I, I do the video portion, the audio and the, and the, and the editing and the, and the written editing are done by two other people. Right. Uh, and the last one helps coordinate it. You know, what goes where and when and all that stuff. Cause I've got other stuff I got to do for the marketing agency. Sure. I, yeah. So it's, it's, I think when people begin to realize it is a 24-7 deal. One, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep the ones that don't want to be business owners out. And I don't, say right. that, I don't say that negatively. This isn't for everybody. No. This is one of those deals. If it's a passion, you're going to stay in it 24-7. Yeah. It's not a question of if. It's a question yeah. of when. Yeah. But, and, and if you're not into it that much, then it's okay. Yeah. And I think, I think that also gets misconstrued too. When people, you know, when entrepreneurs start talking about, I love the process. I love the 24 seven. I don't want to be in a job that immediately people think, 
well, they just look down on people with jobs. No, we don't. We need people. Like that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. no, they're very no. necessary I, to the operation. Podcasts in itself is a is a a key tool in entrepreneurship, I think. And I think everyone Agreed. like growing a beard. I think everyone should try it at least once to see if it works for them. Uh, I mean, if there's anyone listening right now that's a college grad and they don't know what they're going to do after college, I say start a podcast. Why not? And whatever your interest is. Well, the thing is, and it also breaks down the doors. Like sure. you're not going to get that meeting with that, with that CEO. You're not going to get that. You're not going to meet them and give them your, your application or whatever, you know, but if you interview him, you're yep. now appealing to his ego. So now yep. you've got a one-on-one -on -one with this guy and connections after the fact. So it's a great way to network. It's probably the best way to network. And that's what we did starting off with our podcast. I met everyone in the, in the budding industry at that time, all the big nice. names. But now, and my name, you know, Douglas Smythe is next to their name on Google searches and whatnot. You know, we become re just as relevant as them. And that yeah. was so it really yeah. like... It, it gave us some Google juice in that way. Um, I'm sure you've gotten a few nods by now too. Oh, well now, now we're the big names, but I mean, but we started off like going after the big fish and aligning ourselves with yeah. them. Like, aren't, and it really, you know, it, it, I would, during these interviews, yeah. I'm editing the interviews. So if they're giving away almost secrets type stuff, I'm writing it down and putting it in my back pocket and not, sure. not releasing that in sure. the interview. So it was like sure. an education in itself. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely think podcasting is a, is key to, uh, to growing a business or at least starting a business or getting a feel for a niche that you're new to. Yep. And because, uh, I mean, we interviewed everybody. Everybody was anybody in the niche at that time. And it was amazing. It was, it was an ed a free education for, uh, granted, we were putting in a lot of work. It was definitely, it was still a free education to a certain extent. It's, it's, a, it's a free networking tool. It's a free educational yeah. tool. And, and easier than ever. Yeah, today even more so. I mean, as much as I have this and you have, I, I think you've got a, a, a blue over there too. Is that what look? Oh uh, yeah. Like well, I have I have some more expensive. When I have my had my show, I have I have a heel. Uh, yeah, a yeah. It, again, uh, it, and this is this is just the Yeti. But I mean, yeah, this is my. You know, when I get in, offered on a show, this is what I keep at home. But uh, at work, I have, I, I have the you know the soundboard. Yeah. This is what you needed back in the day. Now you yeah. can just plug right in and go. If you so, got audacity, you can record anything you freaking exactly. want. Exactly. Take advantage of that, people, if you're listening. But, like, yeah, it was harder back then, as it was with anything, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I look at some of the, the setups now, I'm like, geez, it used to take me so long to do this, that, and the other thing. Do you or just remember, getting the other – yeah. Do you, do you remember the, the old Roland scratch pad, the, the one that had the digital yeah, drive yeah, in yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, was my, that was my scratch pad. I, of course, <laughs> podcasting wasn't a thing back then. That's what I used right. to do my recordings for when I was playing music. And it, was, and it was for practice or it was for just putzing around. Right, right. That I had a thing mini was fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, and I remember the MDs. Yeah. I remember the MDs too. My buddies were would live on that for the solo gigs, but that that was twelve hundred bucks, fifteen hundred bucks. Guys, yeah, this microphone alone is a buck thirty, hundred thirty bucks. I know, I know. <laughs> and you don't, don't know. and you don't even need that if you get this camera. This camera that I have is a Logitech. It's the the nine fifty or nine ninety. Yeah, that's a buck. What buck ten? And it's got yeah. a microphone in it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be this super you know, dead room sounded place. You can, no, you can start it from your friggin' phone. That's start analysis paralysis. Yeah. And that's all what day. I was going through back in the day. And again, I would be so frustrated to do the next show because I knew it was meant a week's worth of editing. And editing would be, again, eight to 12 hours. And then you have, when you're done, you run out to your car and then plug it in the speak, you know, there to hear it through Just the car it, speakers because yep, that's yep. where most people are listening to it. Yep. It's like being in a band. The yep. album you have to listen to first in the car to see how it sounds. Yep. Yep. Um, it was the same. If, it done, if something wasn't right, I had to go back in and re-edit it all over again. 
and computers were working a lot slower back then. Oh, so, way. I mean, just, way oh my far. God. You have it so easy. So why not take advantage? There's apps, people, that you can use. So please take advantage of these. All, these all free. All yeah, free. All free. All free. I mean, we do ours on Anchor. Anchor's free. I mean, you, you really honestly have no excuse. So I would I would suggest taking his advice. Yeah, you were gonna meet a lot of people that you normally would not get an invite to. You would normally not, not normally be able to meet. This the doorkeepers or gatekeepers would stop you at the front desk. You're not gonna meet the CEO. This is one way to to get in. It's, get it's in funny that you say that because a phone call to a CEO through the gatekeeper for any other reason would be an absolute, I'm sorry, he's not available, but it's yeah. like, hey, I got a podcast. Your CEO is relevant to our subject matter. This is what we talk about. We'd love to have them as a guest. Yeah. And, and the response will shock you. Yeah, it, it will. Back in the day when we were only doing marketing, it was we'd call them up and ask them if we could send them our newsletter. Right. By email. Yeah. Well, we just got a subscriber. Yeah, exactly. A, and you could eventually send them a, a newsletter with a little bit of a pitch in it. Yeah. Want to guess how many oh, yeah. of those converted? You now have a podcast. Yeah. And that could be, that could either become your next employee, uh, employer or your next client. Yeah. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. You're I appealing think, to their ego and they understand. Yeah. This should tell you how important podcasting is nowadays is they're <clears> saying <throat> yes to these things. So they know too. There's a value. Oh, they there. totally know. They totally yeah. know because the further out they get, and the funny thing is, is that they're in a comfortable setting where it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. So they can be more themselves. Candid. Oh, to, yeah, they're far more To candid. a degree. Yeah, they can be a little more candid and far more themselves than they would normally be in a public situation where they have to hold a certain persona. Yeah. Being someone that teaches business etiquette, teaching leaders on how to, how to be available and in, in, what's the word, integrated with their teams without giving away too much of their person, personal stuff. Right. Right. And that's not easy. I mean, that, that balance is very thin line these days. Yeah. But in a podcast, they don't have to worry about that. No, they can let their you guards give, down. And yeah, you give them the opportunity to really talk it up. Yeah, it's true. And then they feel almost indebted to you too. So, I mean, it's really- Isn't that weird? It's, it's, it it's a law of reciprocation, well, that's but what it's cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, have them give something to you and you've got them for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a magical thing. So- that is like a, a, a big secret that no one's really talking about. When they do, they just gloss over it. But I'm glad we focused on that because it was huge for us. It really was. I warned you, rabbit hole. <laughs> it's okay. <We> it's, <clears> it's one of the good rabbit holes, though, that, and, and I'm glad we did that, too. We're going to take one more break. God, dude, we're rolling fast. But we're going to take one more break, another 30 seconds, pause for the cause, whatever you want to call it. And we will be back with Douglas Smythe of I'd Rather Be Shaving. Did I say that right? No. I'd lather be shaving. I'd lather. <laughs> Actually, be shaving. from PhoenixShaving.com is our business, but uh, yeah, the show is I'd lather be shaving. <laughs> I'd lather be shaving. Uh, I I dig that name. I will have it down by the time we get back. Thirty seconds. <laughs> We're back, guys. Last section of Java chat here with Douglas Smythe. What did I just brain fart there? What was that pause? What the heck? <laughs> We're talking about. We're talking about. I'd lather be shaving. Told you after the break, I'd get it. And, and one of the things that I would like you to describe is, is there, for, first off, is there such a thing as a perfect shave? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a baby butt smooth shave, which I probably would say is the perfect shave. Okay. The ideal shave. And there's okay. a DFS, which is the damn fine shave. Oh, well, okay. Now, you're, now that sounds like the gentleman's shave. <laughs> I dot could be, com. That I sounds could, like something yeah, else. Exactly. Sure. Totally, <laughs> totally. Gentleman shave. Yeah, no, this is this is a little bit different than the, <laughs> the gentleman <laughs> shave. 
Um, okay, so so what's so all right. What does that mean? Well, that means the quality of the shave that typically we get wrong because we grew up using the wrong tools for the job. Right. At least our generation did. Yeah. We yeah. sold, <laughs> yeah. sold a bill of sale. I mean, um, five blades. Give me a break. Yeah, plastic cartridge razors in general are garbage for your face. At the end of the day, you just need one blade on your face, as God intended. Uh, these multi-blades, they were, it was never, ever about a better shave. If you want to talk business, what happened was between 1970 and 71, Gillette, who originally invented the double-edged blade, yep. started losing their patent rights <clears throat> for that. So we had other businesses coming in to their niche. So they needed a new patent. They needed a new idea. Enter the cartridge razor, the multi-blade razor. Suddenly they went from a multi-million dollar company to a multi-billion dollar company overnight. And they started dulling down their double-edged blades to push gents over to picking up the new cartridge razors or nice. the plastic razors. Good job, so guys. Jeez. it was by design. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, you know, you start seeing razor burn, razor yeah. bumps, yeah. everything we know growing which, up. And which brings the you all the why, extra add-on products that they can also yeah, exactly. sell Exactly. They create the problem oh, and then they create gosh. the solution. I mean, the fact that we're seeing such an explosion in beards the last 10 years is just a byproduct of us, of these, of these things, yeah, us sure. hating the shave. We hate yep. the products we're using and we think it has to do with shaving. It has nothing to do with shaving. Before 1970, no one was talking about razor burn. No one was talking about razor bumps. Yeah. There were no products to deal with You're that. You're right. Nobody you look did. Back, yeah. Look back at photos. Old jazz musicians, you don't see bumps on their, on their skin or anything like that. You were getting good shaves, better shaves. Yeah. Better. Yeah. So it's all about the one blade because the, du the, the double blade action, the triple blade action, it lifts the hair, cuts. The third blade lifts again, cuts. The fourth blade cuts, so on and so forth. So it's, it's cutting too short. Yeah. And eventually it drops below the skin where it's begging to be ingrown or yep. cause some type of irritation. Yep. Uh, plus, every time you drag one blade across your face, you're also taking off a layer of skin. So when you're dragging five <laughs> blades across your face, you're, taking, you're, you're cleaning, hurting yourself. Yeah, you're cleaning yeah, yourself you, out. You really are. Goodness. And then you see all these exfoliating products on the market now too. Like guys don't have enough exfoliation going on when they're dragging a blade across their face so you know we're, we're we're doing more harm than good to ourselves with all these products they keep pushing on mm, us mm. and cartridge razors and plastic razors are, are, are a huge part of the problem and that's why the dollar shave club i mean they're killing it price oh, yeah. wise. all day but if you're using an inferior product so what if you're saving money you're still hurting yourself yeah so yeah, yeah makes sense that's what brings me and then there's also the you know the ec uh, ecological aspect of it I mean, it's better for the planet you're not throwing plastic into the landfills you're not throwing goo in the can into the landfills right so it's better for the planet better for your face and better for your wallet again 100 blades sure. cost nine to fifteen dollars and the razor will last multiple lifetimes it's an heirloom piece i've been i've been able to get through at least six shaves on one side one blade yeah one yeah. blade one side of one blade which one means i get 12. Blade. Oh, so you're not even turning in the in your technique? That's interesting. Well, I don't know why, but I've I've been able. How do you keep to... track of what side of the blade you're on? Oh, I feel it, because when it when it gets dull enough, it starts pulling. My, I, oh, okay. you, I'm I'm coarse enough that it will start pulling when it when it yeah, gets. Yeah, yeah, no, point. it should. It will it will definitely pull. But I mean, part of my technique is shaving. Then when when there's lather covering the the guard, flip it over and start using the other side. Yeah, see, I didn't know this. Yeah. I don't know this stuff. That's the thing about double-edged blades is they're very, again, you, you have more play with them. Yeah. And I'd like to reiterate that, you know, you can really fine tune the tool for your unique skin type and whisker type by choosing the right razor for your, for the job, choosing the right blade. There's over a hundred different blade brands. I always recommend guys pick up sample packs of DE blades and hang with one for a week and then different brush qualities. Different Chick knots. still makes single razors. I, I had a package of theirs. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, yeah. I, I found injectors that, is what they're known for. Yeah, I've I've seen or I've used a German brand. Can't remember the name of it, but that was the one that was the best. Mercur. Yes. Mercur. Yeah. Yep. And can't find them. 
they're out there. They, I mean, they're still a huge company. They're out of Germany, but there's if, so if many people. Who if you know something that's comparable, dude, tell me after this because I'll, I'll. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. Stuff even even if you, you got them, I'll take yours. I, I just. I are you talking about the razor or the blade? The 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 blades, the, the actual blades. Oh, I know far better blades than what McCurr is selling. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that after. <laughs> so, so you you talk about rotating the razor. So is this yeah. part of is this part of the theory of the perfect shave? How does that work? I mean, obviously you get yourself lathered up, blah blah blah. But I mean, yeah. pre pre shave because I've heard that because there's pre-shave, you know, they have the pre-electric shave. You guys yeah. have pre-shave as well. Is there a balm or? Oh no, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I what is that? What is that? Cube is what I, I sell. A cube. Nice. It's a black cube. Uh, it's one of our characters in our story too. And he shows up in a lot of labels, but uh, the pre-shave is something you would put on, you know, you would wash your face in my, in my case, anyways, or in this product's case, it's a soap, it's a pre-shave soap. So you mm -hmm. wash your face with it first to degrease it because yeah. that those natural greases on your face can slow the blade down. You can yeah. catch on that too. I've heard that. So you want to, yeah, so you want to degrease your face before you get into the shave. Actually, a shower is the best thing you can do before you get into a sure, shave. Sure. And then with, with the pre-shave soap, before you, when you're done and you're ready to apply the shaving lather to your face, yeah. you take the pre-shave soap and rub it against the grain, so the little hairs on your face catch the soap. So and going up instead. With the with the pre-shave soap, and then okay. when you apply your lather on top of that, it whips, it mixes and mingles with that pre-shave ah. soap, boosting the lather. Yeah, and and, and uh, mixing it in there, creating more. Because uh, I've always, had, tr I've always had trouble trouble getting the the the, the lather up. I mean, I could yeah. get it eventually, but it's like it takes time. Water that makes water is the key. You know, you want to keep dipping the brush in the water. But this is the thing. You know, when you're running into problems with your neck and whatnot, yeah, you're probably you. You got to remember, or maybe you don't know this, but lather itself. The whole reason why we use lather is to hold moisture on your face, so the hairs and the whiskers can suck it up. And a See, lot of again, times, just learned something new. I did not know that. About thirty-one percent of the water you're on your face is it's what it's sucking up. Wow. And what wow. we often do is we chase we chase a baby butt smooth shave. Sure. Like we're still we're still we keep going and doing touch up passes as we're shaving because we can still feel hair there. The problem is it's deception of the hair. It's loaded with water. So it's feeling fatter than what it actually is. A half an hour after you're done shaving, that goes back down and you have a smooth shave. So don't wow. chase. Yeah, do not chase the baby butt. I didn't shave. know that. You just, yeah, you got to know when to stop. Even if you still feel hairs there, just stop. And then you, know, you need to experiment with this. That's the thing about why, why does this sound like a Kenny Rogers song? You got to know when <laughs> yeah, to yeah, hold exactly. Yeah. Good Lord. I, yeah, I, did, I had no clue, dude. I mean, it makes sense. Hair does yeah. suck up water. Duh, but I didn't realize yeah. like that. It's like the against the grain pass. You know, everyone's talking about how going against the grain is bad. Going against the grain is bad when you're using a cartridge razor. Yeah. That, that, that comes out of cartridge razor shaving and whatnot. And somehow it passes over sometimes into traditional shaving. People still talk about that. And it's like, no. If you do do an against the grain pass, wait to the, for it to be the last pass you do. Uh, meaning you've lathered up, you've right. shaved with the grain, then yeah. you've rinsed, lathered up again, shaved across the grain. Rinse, lather it up again, shave it across the other way. And now you're, you're on your fourth pass. You're lathering up. Now you go against the grain because it's giving your hairs enough time to suck up as much water as possible, making it thicker, fatter, and easier for the blade to hit, you know? So four passes, just, four latherings. Dude, I would never have thought it would take. Now I get why it's a real me time through half hour deal. Yes, yes. Oh, but, yeah. it, but it makes sense me. as to why, though. I mean, knowing that that has to happen in order for the real shit. I didn't know that. Yeah.
And then you, you have your face lathering versus bowl lathering. Some guys like to bowl lather, some likes to face lather. I actually sell a scuttle, which is a bowl. It's uh-huh. like a double jacketed bowl. The yeah. bottom part of the vessel is filled with hot water, and then there's a second bowl on top. Jeez. And that keeps it hot during the entire shave. And that's sure. what you build your lather in. And you're also putting the brush back when you're done lathering with it in there in between shaving. So it stays so it warm too. Brush warm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different tools for the job that you need to experiment with as many as you possibly can uh, and find what really works, like really fine tune it for you. Uh-huh. Because once you do dial all this in, you're never going to look back. You're never going to pick up a cartridge razor again. Sure. Well, I don't, I don't do cartridge razors ever anymore. After yeah. I finally started getting into single blades, I was like, yeah, now I, I, I just, yeah. I don't feel the same doing cartridge shaves. It just doesn't work for me anymore. No. And Especially it's a whole, whole different technique. You can yeah, press completely down different. cartridge razor. Unless, you know, it's, it's always tough when guys switch from cartridge razor to double-edged shaving is because they start using the same technique, bad technique. Yeah. Like they press down with the double-edged, don't press down with this, let the weight of the razor. I mean, these things have substance to them. Let the Boy, weight do of they. the head they're, they're small, do the work for heavy. you. heavy. That's the other part. Yeah. I know I'm actually holding something. Yes, it's substantial. And, and the angle, the angle pull on it, you can, you can from just – Slightly tilting, I can tell the difference of how much that blade's about to pull. If Thirty it's degrees. Pull. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty degrees. And what that is, it's a fixed, it's a fixed setting or a fixed angle to mimic a straight razor. That's the same angle you want to use when you're using a straight razor across your face. It's it's it's. Bring, bring that bring that closer to the camera so you guys can see it for the guys that are on. Oh yes, I forgot. Yeah, just so you guys can see that. You see, see, yeah. There you go. So you see how. So it, this is when a. It, when it yeah, closes, it is, actually bends the bl- the blade on each side. Yes. So Those are silo it, doors, and silo this doors. is a butterfly style yep. safety razor, which is what I have. Punch. I prefer a three-piece one. However, this is one of our razors, okay. and a three-piece means it's in three pieces. The handle screws off. You have a top cap. Is the blade oh, right? the okay. bottom cap? I feel like this gives you more control. Okay, and these are a little more clunkier and tough under the nose. So Very. this one is more <laughs> of a low profile, and so I. But I mean, whatever works for you, it's your mileage may vary. And you, that's what the great thing about this is there, there are particular, there are certain rules that uh-huh. you should follow techniques, but for the most part, it's what works for you at the end of the day. And if you're interested, if anyone's interested in learning more about, or just want to see it done, go to howtowetshave.com. There you go. And that's where I do a video on <clears throat> showing people how to use one of our starter kits, actually, but howtowetshave.com will get you I, in the door. And I know I'm going to take a look. Yeah, you, you'll definitely, and here's another one, actually. This is a three-piece. This is Bakelite. I based this design off of, oh, Bakelite is uh, the original plastic. Oh, really? The old telephones were made out of Bakelite, poker chips, Uh jewelry. Yeah. So we went back after, I collect vintage razors as well, as I mentioned, and I fell in love with old designs Mm -hmm. that they don't make anymore. So I went and found a manufacturer that did Bakelite. And I said, can you do a razor for me? And they're like, what? (laughs) And it was based on a German design called the Fasan. And this one is a slant razor. An open oh, comb yeah. slant. So what this does is it bends the blade, so it's hitting your hair more like a guillotine. Yeah, so it's yeah, a more yeah. it's a, a more efficient cut than a straight cut. So it bends the blade, changes the geometry of that, and uh, makes for a closer shape. At least in, in this case, and with me, it's going to be different. I'm going to want to try that blade right there because that yeah, looks pretty that, damn cool. It's it's there's so many, and like once you again, you want to talk about rabbit hole? <laughs> go on eBay, look up vintage. It, uh, no, because I'll, I'll never eBay, I'll never get off eBay. I do that. Not because I know <laughs> I know, the next one after drunk. that'll be Amazon right after. <laughs> yeah. I promise. 
But I mean, like, again, uh, if you're into antiques and old things, like the beautiful thing about this is they still work and you can find so many great ones online. Uh, part yeah, of our show is my- It's about the blade. It's about the, it's about the, the piece itself. It, and it's, it's still work. pleasing. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, it's beautiful. It's form yep. and function. And you yep. don't get that with these cartridge <clears throat> plastic nope. one size fits all razors. You don't. And, it's so uh, funny that, that, that you say it that way because I, I, the more we talk, the more I think about the old plastics, the handles do not change. Now, of course, their specialty handles have their little slide grip, you know, slide sure, proof grip yeah. and all. Not any different, honestly. Yeah, all the vibrating or heated razors, all that <sighs> stuff. Nothing's new under the sun. Vin Gillette's and vintage razors, rather. They've been doing that for years. The vibrating razors go back to the 19, uh, early 1900s that you would twist them and they vibrate. There was always just these different, you know, uh, buzz, buzz point, uh, buzzwords they were using to sell their products and try to, you know, gain some of the market share away from Gillette. Interesting how marketing always comes back into the picture. It's, it's never the, it's never the product. It's always the story and the, and the words well, yeah. surrounding it. Gillette especially, they created oh, the they're, really, they're really good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. sell the razor for cheap and they would sell the blades after the fact that you had to keep buying. They were the first ones to do that. They also convinced women that they had to shave. <laughs> they created the own market for ladies shaving. It was Gillette. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You just, um, <laughs> you're going to upset yeah, a lot who's of women. The guy who, wrote, who's, who just wrote propaganda? Bernays, who was actually Sigmund Freud's nephew. Oh my he goodness. The, he, he created marketing. Marketing as we know it now was created by him in the 1920s, 1930s. But even women smoking, he, he got women smoking, he got women shaving. But Bernays is like, he's using Freudian psychology, which is still in practice today oh, yeah. in marketing. But it goes back, and Gillette was taking advantage of that at the time too. And so they really caused that. Uh, and that being said, I think they're pure evil, and I don't collect vintage Gillettes. <laughs> I collect vintage European razors, yeah, which I there you think go. are far more, far you more attractive and, uh, and effective. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's finish up the shave. We've gotten through the shave. We did the 30-degree angle. Oh, We've gotten then comes the, the aftershave. Angles, and then comes the aftershave. And this <laughs> is one that I've – I don't think I've ever found one that was really that good. Okay. Well, that's the, another great thing about this niche and this hobby. We offer over 75 different scents. Something for everybody. That's a lot of color. I mean, we actually, that's, you know, based spectrum. on different things. Goodness. I have one that smells like dirt, like fresh soil. I have another one that smells like tombstone. It's got gunpowder, leather. I, I, I can do the dirt. Yeah. Dirt. Okay. You'd like that. <laughs> um, I mean, we've done so many different themes. I try to create scent, uh, scent collages. I created my nice. first perfume when I was about eight years old. Wow. Chemistry set. Yeah. My mom still has it actually. But so scents always fascinate me. That's, we haven't even gotten to that, but uh, perfuming <laughs> is what we do. We do old school perfuming techniques. Our app shakes take four to six weeks to complete Jeez. before it's done. And we don't make straight up aftershaves. We make aftershaves cologne, aftershave uh -huh. cologne. So they're like two in one, uh -huh. um, but that's an antiseptic and that's what you need. That's pretty much back in the day. People would go to the barber and, sometimes die after the fact because yeah. they get a micro cut and it would become infected so on and so forth they get sepsis and they'd be dead yeah in fact henry henry uh thoreau the reason why he left for walden pond is he was mourning the death the death of his brother and that's how he died from a barber shop shave. oh my gosh really so yeah so it's all about the anti antiseptic properties of aftershave that's why we use them that's the primary use of an aftershave the which would explain the alcohol deal when they when exactly I, okay got it and the scent is secondary. And so what we do, you know, we find that guys like the matching soap and the matching aftershave after that, the matching sure. deodorant, sure. the whole line, as do I. Yeah. Um, but you can really change and alter your mood. I mean, the, the sense of smell is our strongest sense in our body. Uh -huh. You know that. It's like a yep. time machine. Yep. Smell something when you're back and you're eight years old. Yep. So we really, like, we push that with, with our designs, our scent designs and what we're doing. 
story-wise too. So we'll just create different atmospheres. I've done trilogies too, where you mix and match like our mm -hmm. different soaps and aftershaves to create one solid scent at the end. So you, wow. it's up to you to how strong wow. that's going to be or the image, the scent image that you're going to create. So, I mean, for there's more so on much, that, you can just go to our site. so much to this, dude. It's just way more it's than I It's a whole world. It's fat. Once you, this, this is why I wanted you. I remember I said in the beginning, I said that I want to, <laughs> I want to talk to him because I know there's more to this than even I know. And geez, man, this is far beyond anything yeah. I thought it would be. It's but. magical. It really is. Like, I, I, mean, it's I a would whole agree. Different world. It's a whole different world. And, and not only that, I mean, but even if you're not into that part, it's still an extension of style. Sure. Everyone's talking about style and man style and yeah. you're only as good as you look, but people often drop the ball at the neck. I mean, a, Above the tie, people forget about, and yeah. it's an extension of style. I went to StyleCon a few years ago, ended up speaking there, and they got everything covered except grooming except part. Grooming. The grooming, the shaving, and whatnot. They always forget that, and that's a what? huge what? part because that's the Why part people that are get... talking to. What, 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 what happened? Why is, I mean, that's, that used to be a huge deal from the 20s throughout up to the 60s. Men's grooming was a big deal. Yeah. What happened? Where did we lose track of this? Because you, if it's... Yeah, it's great. I can go out, put on a really nice suit. You know, if I get some beard butter in this thing and get it nice and straight, mm -hmm. this could be enhancing. But I mean, if you don't do that, you're just some dude in a suit looks like a, a whiskey guy. It, it doesn't <laughs> work. Easy top. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Billy, that's funny. We were just talking about Billy Gibbons this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah me and, my, me and my, my, my business partner, we were sitting there talking. It was, it was shit talking, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but you get the point. It's, you can be as fashionable as the day. Yeah. If this isn't working, all right. of that is kind of worthless. Doesn't work. No, because there's no flow. Not. Yeah, because yeah. they're going to look at you. Two places that people look when you first walk in as a male. You watch your shoes. After that, they go right from the floor to the top. If your <laughs> face looks kind of off, guess what just happened to everything that yeah. they thought? Yeah. Out the window. First impressions. First impressions are important. You got, about, anyone says, you got about five and, uh, seconds for that to happen. If that face yeah. ain't set Before right, you even open your mouth. Yeah. You can't open your mouth. Their mind. You yeah. just walked in the room. If you, it, it, that's, that's it. You, <laughs> yeah. That's it. You don't even get to pitch them. Nope. And, uh, and even if you do, they're not listening. They're just looking at you going, is, is that, what's this beard there? Is that cracker? You know, like, is that, what, what the, is that yeah. a nick on his face? What, yeah. yeah. Nick yes. He's well, like, yeah. Razor burn and whatnot. In the, it shows the up. You see guys with like the white little pieces of tissue they still have. Oh. First of all, don't use white tissue, guys. And get in a loom block or get a styptic pencil. Yeah. That's going to stop the bleeding right then and there. The Styptic goes a they, you get a lot of play out of those two. Yeah. Not only are they great in your bathroom, they're also great in, on your chopping block in the kitchen. If you cut yourself, it'll heal up a nick instantly. Stings uh, like hell, but boy, does it work. Yeah. I'm pretty sure ex-wives invented those things. But I, yeah, skeptic or potassium <laughs> alum. Alum blocks are also great, and they're like multi-use. I haven't tried that one. That is that is that a... This is effective. You know, it is, and it's, it, it, it's like a Swiss Army knife. It's great for some oh, things. Cool. You've probably seen it in stores, though, the crystal deodorants. It's the same stuff. So you can use it as a natural deodorant too. You wet ah. it, it's like a crystal, and you can use it. It's antiperspirant or natural antiperspirant, but it doesn't have the blocking. It doesn't block like the, the synthetic uh, right, 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 perspirants. Right. It's more of a deodorizer. And, uh, but it's used for water filtration, pickling. Yeah. Uh, at one time, the Pope actually had a monopoly on potassium alum. No way. Story. We cover it on our show. But uh, yeah, so that's a great multi-purpose thing that should be in everyone's shave kit. And if you don't want to use an aftershave, an alcohol-based aftershave, just wet this, use that instead. It's an antiseptic as well. And uh, it seals any small micro cuts up. It also gives you grip on the razor. It, so you wet your hands, you rub the block, and it, you, the razor, if you're a shower shaver, it'll stay stuck in your hands. It's so for cool. those of you that are weightlifters, it's like putting powder on your hands. 
Yeah, that's I've actually recommended this on weightlifting shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's better than that. I mean, well, and for, also them, for, for a lot of powerlifters, they got thick hands, so it's hard yeah. for them to hold on to stuff. So just what you yeah. said with the alum is, yeah. is perfect. Yeah, potassium aluminum, also great. It, does, it gives a light hold to hair as well for like a light spike. Or what I do, training my mustache, when I get out of the shower. I, I need that. My, yeah, I use potassium aluminum to just bend it up to train it. And then, you know, I go eat breakfast. And before I leave the house, before I put wax in, it's already shaped. And I just add a little bit of wax for a natural look, not the, the – like you guys have wax? Because I need to get, this is getting long and I need to do something yeah, about that. we do okay, wax. Cool. Wax was, our, was one of our earlier products. But yeah, mustache wax. I mean, like it's part of the, the my kit, a loom for those okay. reasons. Okay. For those few reasons. There's many more, but it's a great right. thing to have in your shaved in. Definitely going to be looking at that. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's, <laughs> dude, that's like major eye-opening. That's way, way different than I thought, learned, knew, whatever you want to <laughs> call it. That's That's just mind-blowing. And again, guys, we'll have the links to those things down below his channel, his, his podcast. You, you guys want to check all this out. So you've gotten to this point. You're doing very well. Dude, you made eight years. You, you passed the two-year and the five-year mark. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. Um, being somebody that was from Angel Investment, we were happy if anybody made it past year one. <laughs> but so you've, you've done all of that. What's next? Well, I'm actually perfectly content with where I'm going right now. And we have a conference every year. We're in our sixth year of doing the, uh, the Big Shave West conference. We've done Big Shave East. We've done Big Shave West you, as well. Are you guys – so this year you couldn't do it. Are you going to do it next year? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. we're, Well, I mean, that's the idea. We're watching, as everyone else is in the world, what's going on with this current plague we're in. But uh, if – if it turns out that it's still around and we can't get together, we might do an online type thing. Sure. But it's not really the same. It's not no, necessarily the no, same. No, because you're not right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. Like, I mean, we, we do like this great meetup. It's a typical conference, but I also have like side trips during the course of the week sure. to Tombstone. Oh, uh, that's I, cool. I, I'm the tour guide. I give like the nickel <clears> tour around <throat> Tombstone. We have, you know, a bunch of different, different adventures we go on. We go to the old Tucson, which is a ghost town also. Right. Right. Um kayaking all different types of events and then the big event by that time you've all you've you know made friends you have these different groups you've created and by the time of the event happens you already have your like circle yeah 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 and you you have panels you have all different artisans razor makers we just have so much going on it's it's kind of like a a carnival for traditional shaving and male grooming you'll you'll have to you'll have to keep me in the loop on that because that's that's something i'd probably come and hang out and just to see what it's like that those are those are always fun those are always fun it's a blast. And we have podcasters that show up there too and just walk around recording or we give them a panel to talk about Sweet. what they do as well. Yeah. Sweet. Well, time. yeah, if I, I, prob- I probably would end up doing something over there. I mean, if it falls on there any day for that matter, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll just be pulling out the microphone. Hey, you got a second? Oh, it's great. Cigar night. Um, yeah, right. Ghost oh. stories around the fire. We do it you all. Just, I mean, like, you just said the magic words. Oh, nice. Cigar <laughs> night. Yeah. 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 You would love this. But yeah, Legends of was it Legends of Superstition Mountains? It was a History Channel show. One of the wow. guys from that show, from the old Dutchman Mine show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he comes and he tells ghost stories, Arizonan ghost stories around the fire nice. at the hotel. Aww. And uh, yeah, it's really it's just it's so cool. It's just it, it sounds like a blast, dude. I just it uh, is just a blast. Keep me just keep me in the loop because I'll, I'll it takes half a year to 
it, you know, it takes half a year to put this together. So oh, sure. aside from running the business, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm doing our show. And so you asked me what more am I looking at? It's like, we're already doing everything. Yeah. I mean, I can't. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's a good uh, next thing. would be selling the business and, yeah. and sitting on a beach, which I would love to do. A, true, but, uh, a truly entrepreneurial I mean, move. What's the exit? Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily I'd love to sell the business, but I'd love to sit on the beach is what I'm saying. Well, um, you, don't, you don't have to sell it. You could just, you know, let somebody else run it and that can be considered oh, yeah. an exit as well. Yeah. Cool. Uh, out of all of this, what, what would be your biggest challenge going on in the business right now? Oh, well, uh, uh, actually it's tough to say. I was going to say COVID, but I mean, that only affected well, like, I was going to say aside of, aside of the, aside of the minor things, what are some of the, what's, what's the biggest, like, just what are you facing right now? That's, that's holding anything up. Well, COVID just because that's our supply chain, it's affected, <laughs> it's affected yeah. the shipping and whatnot. Sure. So, Aside from that, though, I mean, we, we've just have it so dialed in at this point. I mean, really, we've had such – and with COVID, our business has been booming better than yeah. ever. Well, I would so think so. That. Yeah, but then there's the supply chain. But luckily, we've always on top of our stuff and our orders and whatnot. We were ready for that without – the thing is, this is it. The, the, what I've learned, especially during COVID, to say that again, is you need to make a, a business or build a business that can survive something like this. Yep. We lucked out. Turns out making soap was a really good move when it came to <laughs> a plague type situation because everyone's buying soap and hand sanitizer off us yep. also. We're, we're, we're relevant still. Yeah. So think, I hate to say think of the worst, you know, plan for the worst, hope for the best. But yep. really when you're putting together a business model and a business plan, take this stuff into consideration now. We're, I know insurance <laughs> agencies are going to be doing that now. Oh, yeah. um, booking this event that we had in April, we almost didn't get our money back because it was no clause in the, the contract that we signed for something like this. Mm-hmm. Now there will be, there definitely will be, and we will you know, proceed with these little things in mind. So I think right. that is, uh, it, was, it was, again, we lucked out. We yeah. learned either way. Yeah, yeah. Had we yeah. been affected in a bad way, we would have learned from it. But watching what's going on around us, we learned from that. So always learn from your mistakes. Don't, you know, just always be watching, learning, and listening. Make as many mistakes as you possibly can. Thank you. Nothing's, nothing's, nothing's bad when it comes to mistakes because those are the best teachers I've learned. And All we've day. made every mistake in the book. I've definitely made every mistake in the book. Um, I think we all have at some point in time. Absolutely. Some people don't. Some people won't. And that's why they'll never succeed. I mean, you see, it's interesting to see. They're afraid to advertise. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, I I would never do that. I'm not going to be one of those. It's like, that's poverty mindset. You got to get over that because no one's going to sell your product better than you. Yeah. They're not going to. Yep. Uh, And as a musician, as a fellow musician, you know, like, you got to get out there. You can't be the artist. I'm an artist. I'm not a manager. You got to be at all. Else you're not going to go. Look at Ani DeFranco. Look at Prince. Look at all these guys. I mean, they were out there. Bob Dylan. Yeah. And he sold himself. But people don't realize that but he was out there saying he was an old-time blues singer in new york you know i mean like mm-hmm. he lied to get away, but he, it's his passion and if, you, if you're going to do what you want i'm not telling, telling people to lie but if you're going to do if you're passionate, <laughs> you want to do it for the rest of your life you right. gotta get out there and i took you know guerrilla marketing from my old band days we i used to go around to the different like newspaper stands uh-huh. you know those college rags yeah, yeah, yeah. That pass yeah, yeah. out those yeah. box i take this to my car stuff it with our flyer find another there one there you go pick out those newspapers put ours in or i'd Shift go to a up. music store and be like hey uh this is our band would you mind selling some of these they'd be like yeah we'll take a few and then were, during the week i'd send in friends with it. money um, yeah. i was street i was gorilla marketing yep i'd send in friends to uh, to buy our albums to create buzz around it and i'd right. go back in like anything sell and they'd be like oh my god can we have 10 more 50 <laughs> so it's like it's the same approach or design wise i was always yep. doing the flyering too so i mean like that's how you learn i mean whatever you've learned you can apply to what you're doing and if you don't have those skills you can learn those skills youtube is a huge huge i mean we, we just didn't have that youtube university 
It really, it's something else. I mean, when I had a design business, when I was living in Central America, I had a design business there too. I eventually created because I didn't want to make a dollar an hour. I needed to, right, to right, make some money. So right. I was you know, designing menus, uh, placement advertising. In fact, I brought placement advertising, the concept to Central America. But I mean, like a lot of those times I'd be approaching people asking me if I could do a certain job. I never said no. Yeah. Even though I couldn't do it, didn't know how to do it. YouTube helped me get through that. I was learning yep. on their dime, so to speak. So I yep. mean, yep. you yep. didn't have this back then. You didn't have this advantage that you have now. And a lot of kids are growing up in this. They don't realize that, but you have the tools at your, at your disposal. That's kind of funny. We were just, I just had a, an interview earlier this week with uh, Andrew Chestnut, who, who does learning management systems. He actually helps people put learning uh, programs, you know, coaching, okay. but, on, but oh, online. Yeah. Like the teachable yeah. to Udemy's and stuff like that. All right. <clears throat> Just said the same thing that you did. You know, there's so much He's available. He's a smart man. <laughs> yeah. There's so much available on, online that's free that you can already get at least the basics down and figure out more from there. And then if you're going to go into any of those learning platforms, you know, you're going to get what you pay for. So it's it, the and, best. And, yeah. You're going to get what you pay for and more. It's and, the best and, teacher. And more. And then when you have to learn on the fly like that because that's when you have to learn and that's when you're going to be most focused on that project yep. and that's when you're going to get it. If you yep. don't have to learn it and you're just trying to learn, it's not going to stick, especially when you get older like us. It's when you're, when you have to learn it. And that's yep. why I'm saying always say yes to the job like China does. Always say yes to the job, whether you know it or not. They're <laughs> going to learn on your dime. Yeah. <laughs> I, exactly. I always go. I always they go. They already have your money. So it's yeah. like. I always go with Sir Richard sorry. Branson on that. Just say, yeah, figure it out later. Yeah. No, yeah. it's right. Fake He's it till you make it. That is, that's. That's what you got to do. It, 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 it essentially extent. becomes that. Yeah, it, it yeah. essentially is that. And, and it, yeah. there's so much truth in the fact that if you will just go and learn, like I'm learning DaVinci Resolve right now. Talk about a learning curve. I am not a yeah. video editor. I'm loving what I'm learning, although I'm still having to process a ton of it because I have friends that are producers and they, they told me, yeah, you need to go learn that but you also need to go learn this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to get through the old stuff and you're telling me about new stuff already. No. And they're like, but here's the deal. If you learn that, you'll have the foundations. And if you know this, you'll be a step ahead of everybody else that knows the exactly. old stuff. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It gives you some, it gives you some decided advantages that yep. you didn't realize you had. So yep. man, we're, we're, we're well past that time. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to stop, but it, it's like, yeah, not fair enough. We, we, we have that limit. So, and I've completely enjoyed this, Douglas. Oh, I really, I, re, not to mention I've learned a ton. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for coming and hanging out, sharing your wisdom and knowledge. There's more to share. And guys, if you want to find Douglas online, where can they find you? Well, first I say stop by our shop, which is phoenixshaving.com. And we have everything there for, you know, male grooming, beards, mustaches, to shaving. We got, we got you covered no matter what you're doing. Deodorants, love it, love it, love shaves, it. colognes, so on and so forth. But if you're interested in watching us and what we do, go to idlatherbeshaving.com. Again, highly, highly educational as well as entertaining. Yeah. So I'd rather be I can bet after this, I, I'm sure this was entertaining as it was. <laughs> oh, so this is, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> idea, man. We get kind of crazy on that show. Sweet. Um, <laughs> and what else do we have? So I'm uh, bigshavedswest.com. That's our conference. And then of course, we'll, we'll, have, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have your social links down there too. Guys, if you, for sure. you're looking for them, they're down there in the comments. Uh, again, thanks for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and then the bell because the bell tells you when the next next episode comes out so don't miss that 
Make sure you go find his YouTube channel and go subscribe and hit that bell too, because oh, yeah, there's going to be some cool stuff over there as well. Uh, if you're if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms, don't forget to subscribe, download, what have you. If you listen to us on Anchor, you can always support our little Java chat here. Any donations are very welcome. It keeps us going. You know, it's, it's something small, but it, it's great. We love you, and we're thankful for every single one of you for stopping in and listening. Always remember, y'all, stay up, stay safe, stay healthy and live for Douglas and myself to all of you. Ciao for now. Ciao, ciao. (laughs) For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.